Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship from 4pm at North Lakes State College on the corner of Discovery Drive and Joiner Circuit. We hope you enjoy this great message from our Sunday service and come for a visit someday soon. I'm going to share a, a short ish uh, missions message uh, this afternoon and uh, I don't know we'll see I, I know you don't believe Pastor James when he says that but you might believe me um, no he, uh, I love his preaching it's it's awesome it's so good um, and, and so you know in talking about mission often we um, I think often we focus on the big things and I love the big things I, I love the things that see uh, masses of people come to Christ. I love the things that have this big uh, visible impact. But so often in, in, in all of the big things, it's the little things that all add up to contribute to make the big things possible and the big things happen. And, and sometimes when we read scripture, we're amazed because, you know, we read some of the missionaries. We read about, you know, uh, the, the, the first uh, apostles, you know, Jesus' disciples as they start to venture out in the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I probably say that whenever I preach out of any other book anyway. But it, it's, it's great because this is the early church and they're out there and they're in endeavours and they're sharing Christ with people and they're, uh, it's, ne- it's never been done before. There's no sort of, you know, other than their training with Jesus, which would have been pretty awesome. Um, but, but they're venturing out and establishing churches and they're, they're reaching out to people and there's some, some key people we read about in there that were like, these apostles were amazing, um, amazing men of God. Um, they were amazing men and women of God in there doing uh, great things. And we read about Peter and James and John. And then we read about a guy called Paul, um, who was known as Saul, who has this incredible encounter with Jesus. And he, he, was, he was like the chief persecutor of the church. He, he would, um, you know, when in, in, in Acts chapter 7 and 8, we read about a guy called Stephen. Well, Stephen was stoned to death for his faith. And we read about the guy that was standing there giving his approval to that. His name was Saul. And he, he's wanting to kill Christians. He's wanting to see them locked up. He's wanting to see it stopped. And he has this radical encounter with Jesus that completely changes his life. It's, it's an encounter that we all need to have with Jesus. He has this radical encounter with Jesus um, and then becomes the great apostle who uh, you know, writes so much of the New Testament and start, plants churches everywhere, sends more church planters out. He's amazing. And yet for every Peter and James and John and, and Paul, there's, there's people around them who are encouraging them on and championing them on to ensure that they can do what they can do, to ensure that they can fulfill the call of God upon their life. And so I want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of those um, guys out of, out of the book of Acts tonight, and his name's Barnabas. And, you know, we know, uh, most of us, if you've been around church, have heard about Paul. We've heard about him, but Barnabas is um, this amazing guy that was such an encouragement to Paul um, in his journey of coming, firstly, knowing Jesus and, and being trained up in ministry. But he was so important in Paul being able to do what Paul went out to do. Uh, and so Acts chapter 4, verse 36 is the first time we hear about Barnabas. And he's, his name's not Barnabas. His name is actually Joseph. And it says here in Acts four thirty-six, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So this guy, Joseph, who they call Barnabas, 
Um, first of all, I, I notice here, he, he's personally sold out for this himself. Uh, I mean, the first thing we hear about him is he sells a field that he owns and comes and lays the, all the money for it at the apostles' feet for the extension of the kingdom of God. He was all in. He wasn't sort of a, 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 a half-hearted player. Like, he was 100% in on this mission. Um, yet we learn here that all the apostles called him uh, Barnabas. Like, that was his nickname, was Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Now, I've had a few nicknames in my life. I've never had one that encouraging and that good <laughs> about uh, the son of encouragement. I've been called Keefy a lot through high school, and then uh, one guy got my name wrong and called me Keffy, and everyone called me Keffy for ages in high school. <laughs> yeah, let's, Harry, we won't be shouting out any nicknames that you know, mate, just the ones I want to share. <laughs> I remember, and a lot of them weren't necessarily endearing. I remember one, um, one particular time, my indoor cricket team, every kid in my indoor cricket team had to have a nickname. We had a guy called Dog, um, another guy called Ace, we had a guy called Teddy, something to do with a, he still had a teddy bear as a teenager. Like We had all these different nicknames, Tiger, a lot of them were animals. Um, but I came back, we had a break over Christmas from the indoor cricket team, and I came back and, uh, and one of the guys obviously thought I'd put on a bit of weight over Christmas. And he said, oh, it looks like Keefe's had too, one too many Christmases. And so for the next six months, I was called Father Christmas. Um, that was my nickname. I would run in, they'd call me Father um, as I'd run into bowl. Um, so, and I've had a whole lot of other nicknames that I won't repeat here because some of them aren't worth repeating here. Um, so, and I'm sure you've had some good nicknames too. I'd love to hear them afterwards. But here Barnabas or Joseph gets the nickname Barnabas based on the fact that he's so encouraging that they base his, his name off it. They're like, we're not calling you Joseph anymore. We're calling you Barnabas because you're just the most encouraging guy to be around. He was that sort of guy that just uplifted people and encouraged them. And he played a big role in Paul's life. In, in Acts chapter 29, we see some of it. It says, uh, when he came to Jerusalem, and this is just after um, Paul, who was, had been previously called Saul, had had this radical encounter with Jesus. Like he was on his way, he was on this road to Damascus, he was on his way to persecute more Christians, to, to lock them up, to, to, to come against them, to, to not let them spread the word of Jesus around. And, and he's on his way and he has this encounter with Jesus where this bright light, uh, it feels probably like the light that's shining on me right now on stage, nice and bright, this bright light but probably a lot brighter than that, to be honest, comes down from heaven um, and just strikes him down and, and the Lord speaks to him audibly. He has this amazing encounter. And so he comes to Jerusalem after this encounter and it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, it says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid, afraid of him with good reason. He'd been going around authorizing the killing of Christians. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He, he wanted to lock them up and have them beaten. It says they were all afraid of him, not, real, not believing that he was really a disciple. It says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. See, at this crucial moment in Paul's life, right at the start of his ministry, at the start of following Jesus, everyone else was like, oh, we're not sure. But Barnabas was like, no, come with me. I'll take you to the apostles. I'll speak on your behalf. I'll, I'll share your story. Um, and we all need someone. like We all need a Barnabas, don't we? We all need a Barnabas in our lives. And actually, we all have the opportunity to be a Barnabas for someone else. He says, hey, everyone else might be afraid, but I'm going to step in and I'm going to speak on your behalf. And he takes Paul there. 
And then in Acts chapter 11, uh, the church is, is in this time scattered due to all the persecution that's taking place. In the midst of it, those uh, scattering keep preaching Jesus unashamedly. And so many people keep coming to Christ. And, and there was this place called Antioch where so many had come to Christ. And in Acts chapter 11 and verse 22, it says this. It says, News of this reached the ears of, Jer- the, ears of the church at Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. They're like, there's a whole lot of people that have come to Jesus there. They need an encourager. We'll send Barnabas. Let's send him. And it says, when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, who had become Paul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So here you've got him again going, okay, you know, I've I've had this brief, he's had had this encounter with with Paul to encourage him, but then he's like, no, I need to spend time with him. And he took him and and, and he he said, I'm going to spend a year with him. And they preached together. And this was part of Paul's development. This was the early days of Paul growing into the call of God that he had on his life. And he had Barnabas there in his corner saying, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. I'm going to come with you. You know, we will have the opportunities, um, one-off opportunities to encourage people. You know, when you go to the shops, you, you know, be friendly, be nice, to encourage someone, tell them what a good job they're doing. We'll have short little um, uh, times of, of people that just come in and out of our lives, but then we'll also have people that we get to walk with, who we get to walk alongside and we go, you know what, I'm going to be your chief cheerleader. I'm going to be your encourager. I'm going to be the one that tells you how great you do. I'm going to be the one that's there when maybe you've had a bad day and I'm going to encourage you in the bad day. I'm going to be the one that's... Been, and this is, this is the heart of mission is coming alongside. It's the heart of mission is coming alongside people and encouraging them, lifting them up, pointing them to Jesus ultimately, but coming alongside them and helping them uh, with, with this encouragement. And this is the type of guy that Barnabas was. And so this afternoon, I, I want to encourage us to be Barnabases for people. I want to share a couple of stories with you um, about a few people um, and, and the Barnabases. In their life. The first one is a guy called Richmond. If we can put up a picture of Richmond here. Uh, I've met Richmond personally. I would count him as a friend. Um, <clears throat> Richmond's from Uganda. And today Richmond is a pastor in Uganda. Uh, as well as pastoring his own local church, uh, Richmond has started a, a, an organization called the Pastors Discipleship Network in East Africa. See, Richmond realized that many pastors in Africa have never been trained. And he's had the opportunity to, to, to have training, um, theological training, missional training. His church is going well, but he's also training these pastors. And so he's created this Bible college and this network to train all these pastors. At the moment, this year, he's trained over 4,800 pastors in ministry all across East Africa. He's got plans to expand into West Africa as well. He's, he's one of the first who's really in uh, some of the parts where he's working to train women into ministry as well. He's, he's, he's a big believer in that, um, and his wife is involved, uh, Rosette, in that as well. Richmond is a world changer. Richmond is having an incredible impact across Africa. But it wasn't always guaranteed to be this way for Richmond. See, uh, Richmond's dad uh, was shot in front of his mum when he was young. He was only a young boy. They were already poor, but without his dad around, they became very poor. 
Richmond tells of how uh, when it rained, some people would rejoice where he lived in Uganda, but for them, it was if it rained at night, it meant it was a long night because there were holes in their roof and they would have to pick up their possessions and they would stand for the night to keep their possessions dry off the ground. Like This is the childhood that Richmond grew up in. Um, Richmond is a compassion sponsor child. He, he got sponsored. Um, but his mum was so traumatised by his dad's death, understandably, that Richmond said he'd never ever heard the words, I love you, from his mum. He'd never heard those words from anyone. And I asked Richmond, I said, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? And he said, I, I, I didn't know because I, 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 I was just thinking about surviving the next day. I didn't actually have a dream, which is crazy because every child should have a dream. And Because you're in here, Harry, I'll mention it. Harry has a different dream every month. It changes from month to month. It's fantastic. That's what kids should be like. Richmond didn't have that, and he never heard those words, I love you. And a 15-year-old called Heather was his sponsor. She was from the UK. Uh, and she sacrificed her part-time job, uh, sacrificed out of her income of her part-time job to sponsor him. But then she wrote these words to him. She said, Richmond, I love you. Richmond, I believe God has a call on your life. Richmond, God has a plan and a future for you. And she wrote these words and he said, what those words did, when he heard Richmond, I love you, is he, he still got the letter today. He said, when I heard those words, it just, it lit something alive in my heart. It changed, he's like, it, it changed my future to hear those words and to have that encouragement. See, Richmond is a world changer today, but he's got a, well, she won't be 15 anymore. Um, she'll probably be 40 something now. Uh, Heather, at 15, was Barnabas in his life, was encouraging him and lifting him up. Let's go to Michelle, who's our next, uh, next person on the screen. I've met Michelle as well. Um, Michelle's from the Philippines. Um, Michelle's a wonderful person. She's got a great sense of humour. Um, she's a lot of fun to hang around with. Um, and today, Michelle runs an organisation called Made in Hope, which she started, <coughs> which saves women and children in the Philippines from uh, human trafficking and from being exploited into the sex industry. They also do preventative work every year, saving thousands of fam with families, saving thousands of them from ever having to be rescued in the first place, from ever having to go through it. She also runs a weekly radio program for kids, and I, I've, I love this. She runs a weekly radio, radio program for children, uh, but all the hosts are children. So she trains up all these kids who are <clears throat> like 8 to 12-year-olds, and they are the radio hosts. So they, they do it all, they contribute to the program. They have 500,000 listeners a week and they share the gospel. It's a one-hour Saturday morning radio program. They share the gospel and they, they are hearing report after report of so many kids who are coming to Christ because she's empowering these kids to do it. Michelle is a world changer. Michelle is, is doing incredible things, but it wasn't a guarantee that this was going to happen to her. See, Michelle grew up in poverty in Manila her father was a drug addict and abandoned her family and she saw many of her childhood friends sold into prostitution. She was told by her relatives again and again and again that she would amount to nothing but a thief, a drug addict and a prostitute. That was, that was spoken over her again and again and again. She, she went through many abusive situations herself, yet there was a woman in the local church there who got alongside her and became Michelle's Barnabas. She spoke words of life over her again and again and again. She declared God's love over her and she rebuked the words of death and those cursed words that were trying to get a grip on her life. She rebuked them over her and spoke life over Michelle's life. Today, because of this lady, because of this Barnabas, Michelle is a world changer. She's changing the world. I want to tell you about one more. Her name's Lillian. 
Lillian today actually works uh, for Compassion in Uganda as a tour and visits specialist who basically whenever anyone goes to visit their sponsor child, she'll take them to go and, uh, to go and visit them. And, uh, but she's also got a Bachelor in Mass Communications and a Master's in International Relations and Diplomacy. Uh, her goal um, is to be a diplomat for her country and, uh, and also to establish a vocational training centre for teenagers. But without her Barnabas, Lillian wouldn't even be here with us today. See, both Lillian's parents died when, before she was six months old. Uh, and so she grew up with extended family, living in extreme poverty, scavenging for food on a regular basis. When she was nine, she was sponsored uh, in Compassion's program, started to receive all those benefits of sponsorship. She got an Australian sponsor called Rosemary. And Rosemary would write to Lillian and, and just encourage her, just speak the word of God over her and, and just encourage her with just life-giving words all the time. And, and so for Lillian, those letters were her most prized possession. And so she would carry them around in a, in a plastic bag um, so that they wouldn't get wet. So wherever she was, if she got wet, they didn't get wet and she would take them with her. Um, Lillian was receiving support, but she had a terrible home life. There was a whole lot of circumstances that I won't go into that were happening um, with, with the different extended family that she was shuffled around with. And so at 16, she found herself homeless and had lost touch with the local church um, where, the, where the project was. Uh, and Lillian got to the point where she decided she wanted to end her life. And so she took um, a bottle a po of poisonous substance and said, I'm going to end my life. And she went down and sat under a tree and, and she thought, before I do this, I'm going to read my letters from my sponsor because that's what makes me happy. And so she read these letters and, and the words just spoke to her heart. The words ministered hope to her. The words encouraged her that God has a plan for her life and that God has a future for her. And, and so she, she took and she walked uh, all the way back to that local church and, and found the pastor and she, she you know, plonked the bottle down on the table, said, this is what I was going to do, but I read the letters. I know, help me. And they got her into a, a family that loved her and cared for her and looked after her. Uh, they radically changed, it radically changed her life. Lillian has met Rosemary, her sponsor, numerous times now. Um, and Lillian now sponsors a, a little boy in Togo. And when she writes to him, um, in her letters, she addresses him as His Excellency, the future president of the Republic of Togo. That's how she addresses him. Um, just to speak, because she's like, she's had someone do it for her, and she's going to do it some, for someone else. There's one last person I want to talk about. I don't have a picture of this person. Um, but this person has incredible potential. This person um, has had people in their corner encouraging them throughout their, their life. This person has had plenty of ups and downs. This person has, has challenges. But for this person, they've had someone speaking into them all the time. That's you. That person's you. You've had Barnabases in your life. If you, if you, if you think really hard and you honestly can't think of anyone... Um, Hi, I'm Mike. I'd love to chat with you afterwards. I really would. I, I genuinely mean that because God has a plan for your life. God, God didn't put you on this, earth, on this earth by accident. It wasn't a, by chance that you were here. But I think most of us can think of someone who's been a Barnabas in our lives, probably many people. And, and so I want to flip it now and, and ask you, who is the person that you can be a Barnabas for? Who is the person you can be an encouragement for? And, and I, would, I would say person, but I would take it further and say people. Who is it that you can be an encouragement for? See, there's so many opportunities that face us every day with people. For some of you that sponsor kids, you get to write a letter to a child. But for, for all of us that are parents, we, 
We can be barn- we can be the biggest cheerleaders our kids have ever had. For those of us that have got people in this church, that we can be the biggest cheerleaders they ever had, uh, encouraging them. There's those of us that have got neighbours. Maybe there's an annoying kid next door who's always wanting to play and come over to your place. And, and, and you know what? That might annoy you and it might irritate you, you might be tired, but you've got the power of words to speak encouragement into their life and to lift them up. There, there might be people that you work with. And because, see, every, every person that we get to be Barnabas to isn't necessarily, you're not necessarily going to like every single one of them they're not all going to you know just go oh thank you so much that was amazing and hugs and you know um, some of them might not be even nice people but you have the encouragement to speak words of life because maybe they've had the opposite of Barnabas maybe they have words of death spoken over them but you get the opportunity to speak words of life and be an encouragement that's the opportunity that's in front of us and they're there every single day they're every single day you know, I don't know um, what you've got in your wallet, but in my wallet, um, there's a spot there for, you know, a picture, that, you know, a picture of a you know, special person, a special loved one or whatever. And, you know, for me, a few years ago, that space became empty. And, and I used to look at that space and, and go, oh, woe is me. I look at that space and that blank space in my wallet would remind me, oh, well, you don't have anyone, you're, you're this, you're that. It would try and speak death to me that space in my wallet. And then one day God spoke to me and said, you're none of those things. You, you, you have the opportunity to be an encourager. And God spoke to me. He gave me these words. It, it was, it, it, he really said to me, Michael, every person you meet, I want you to walk alongside them. And, and so I took those words and I wrote them on a post-it note and I put them in that spot where the picture's meant to be. And every time I opened my wallet, I would see the words walk alongside. It would remind me today, I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know who, who's going to come across my heart. Or maybe I do already know who I'm going to meet that day. I have an opportunity to walk alongside them and to be an encouragement. For some people, we pop in for a day. For some people, we pop in a week walking alongside them. For some people, a year. Others, it'll be lifelong. It'll be decades that we get to walk alongside them. But in walking alongside them, we get to be like Barnabas and be that encouragement to them. Be that person that lifts them up. Even in the midst of your hardest season, you can have the words walk alongside there and remind that actually you've still got something to give. You've still got something to be an encouragement to other people. So we're talking about mission today and we're talking about all the great things that we're doing and and, and sponsorship and all those things. But I want to challenge each of us because mission, sometimes we can keep it at arm's length, but I want to make it personal today. Who can you be a Barnabas for? Who can you encourage and who can you help? Who can you come alongside? Because it makes a real significant difference in people's lives. We don't know if they'll become a world changer or not. And that's not really up to you. The part that's up to you is to be Barnabas to them, to give them every opportunity to be everything that God has called them to be. You might be thinking, Mike, I'm not, I'm not a people person. I'm shy and reserved. I'm not good. I don't do people well. I like, to, I like to keep to myself. Um, can I encourage you with this? I, honestly, I didn't do people things well in high school. I was terrible. I was, I was the kid that wouldn't go to school by himself on the first day that would have to, go, and this is in year 12 too, by the way, would have to go and go with my mate because I didn't want to be by myself for like 15 minutes before the start of school. Like I, the, We've all had different times, but let me encourage you this. Maybe you go, I'm, I'm really not a people person then find another person who's not a people person and encourage them. Get along someone that's just like you. 
who, who needs a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of help, find your person. So my question for you, the one that I want ringing through your mind all week, the one that I don't want you to walk away from and go, oh, that was a nice message. The one I even encourage you to maybe write down some names on a piece of paper tonight is who will you be a Barnabas for? Who will you champion? Who will you be in their corner? I believe God will be putting people on your heart right now. Be that for that person. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed in the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday worship.